You know what I just realized? No. I, I have nothing to drink. Oh. I'm going to be um, parched. Are you doing good things? Uh, oh, Van Blanc. Yeah, that's right. Mon Dieu. Just happened to have a beer. <laughs> it's a, uh, don't say it. It's a, uh, it's a, a, a Pinot. Is it Grigio or a, a, a Pinot Gris? I don't have any idea what grapes are in this, Brian. Oh, dear. It's um just some... Some random Random white, white table wine. Hmm. It was in the refrigerator, so... I thought you were cooler it, than that. Put it in a glass. No. I look at no. you as my urbane, sophisticated buddy. The only thing I know about wine is there's one region in France that I just like, and so I will always pick the bottle from Côte du Rhône. Oh, the Cotaroon. Yep. And that's it. That's all I know. Maybe. That makes you sound sophisticated. You're just like, I know well, my you region. You are sophisticated. All right. Get us in there. You just want to roll right in? I do. I want to just let's just hop to it. That's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I want to do it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Nice. I know. <laughs> it's the music. I'm, I'm going to swing it. Come on. Swing it. Come on. Swing it. All right. We doing this for real? Uh uh-huh. I'm, I'm leading in. Uh-huh. Mm, here we go. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in a category on Kickstarter and then each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Chris Rumpf and Brian Dupuis, and this week we are talking about what we backed in the music category. Brian, welcome to 2018. Welcome to music. Thank you. Do, man. Do it. It's so good to be here. Sing me that scat. Scat, scat, that, 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 I can't scat, save my life. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing I really just can't get behind, it's uh, scat singing. <coughs> I don't know. You do it so well. We need to make you an album. That's our Kickstarter. That's it right there. Run around, do stuff. Run around, do stuff. The scat album from Scatmaster. Ooh, that has connotations. Mm. Chris Rumpf. Scatmaster. Uh, yeah, I don't want to pursue that any further. I don't think you want to pursue that any further. No. I'm not going to Google it either. Oh. Uh-oh. What happened? I clicked one of your things. I hadn't clicked one of your things yet. And oh, and it was noisy, wasn't it? It was about to be noisy. It mm-hmm. had a it had a scroll. It had a, a loading bar, and I sensed noise approaching fast. <laughs> I clicked and, and is, closed. Is it that real the first quick. time you've clicked? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you well, haven't gotten to experience. I haven't. Do you want me to, or do you um, want to tell the people what we're talking about first? Uh, we are talking about dunking on Trump. Okay. So can I there, click? Yeah, you can click. Okay. Click. It. I'm going to click. This is a website that I came across, and it's it's more like a project. It's more like an art installation, really, than a game. And it's just... Here, it's got this funky beat to it, too. It does. Um, <laughs> so good. So it's, it's a project. It's a web project. It's more like an art piece than a game, and it gives you the opportunity to slam dunk on Donald J. Trump. <laughs> which is just rad. I mean, 
All that's, you do is that's all it does. You dribble to the hoop <laughs> and you dunk on Trump and you throw it down. Yeah, you crash the boards. You see him sliding across the court and then you score and then you just repeat and you can dunk on Trump until you grow bored of it. I like the uh, I like part of the text. Anyway, this is repetitive as with no wind condition, but I'm hoping that someone out there will find my endless dunker perversely therapeutic and lose themselves to the dunk, baby. baby. <laughs> I'm gonna dunk. You hear me tapping? Yeah, baby. I like how I like how he goes flying backwards when it's, he gets dunked it's, on. It's satisfying every time. That has absolutely nothing to do with crowdfunding, but um, Thank enjoyment you, nonetheless. Enjoyment nonetheless. We'll put that in it the show was. notes so everyone yeah. else can enjoy that. So, what do we got going on in the crowdfunding world this fortnight? Yeah, the random stuff. Yeah. Anything exciting? Yeah. Let's kick it off with a yeehaw wand. <laughs> it's a name. Uh, yeehaw. Yeehaw. It's like our people. So this is a... Okay, um, what is this? It's got 36 hours to go just in the nick of time while we're recording. So if you want to get in on this, Brian, you still have an opportunity. All right. This is... I admit I didn't dig super deep and figure out all the total ins and outs of this, but it looks like it's a piece of hardware. It's a wand, which looks more like a big spoon. And there's an app that goes with it that I guess they demonstrated running on... I think most notably an iPad, but it allows you to using augmented reality and this, this spoon wand thing sculpt in 3d. So you can, I think you can paint over what the camera is seeing on the, on the iPad and build up a 3d model using this wand. And then you can actually even, I guess what it does is outputs the STL file for that. And you can even 3d print your 3d created object. So you have a real thing. Interesting. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. They've raised $56,000 now in a $25,000 goal. Yeah. So it's going to be a thing. That's impressive. Yeah, the neat thing is, like, I think it's one of the first, well, I guess one of the things I've seen where people are starting to use both AR and then physical objects. Right. Maybe in a unique or obvious way, because I still think this whole augmented reality and virtual reality thing that we keep hearing about where they were right on the cusp of um i I, I still have a really hard time wrapping my head around like how is this actually gonna be a thing right there's so many companies just pouring so many resources in this and it's it it's everything really seems like a tech demo um you know i'll probably be chewing these words in five years when we're all walking around with i hope so right (laughs) google glass or whatever yeah yeah i want you to be wrong well, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm wrong. It's just I'm maybe I'm not visionary enough to to see it. Yeah. To, to today, but you know, people have to experiment in this space um, in order for it to become a real thing. I'm, I'm really excited about the possibilities. Yeah. I find this interesting. I think it. I think it would work better in a VR setting rather than in an AR setting. This looks like a. And I'm not trying to be mean to the creators or or anything like that. It just seems too imprecise to do really good things if that makes sense whereas i feel like in in vr and maybe with two of these little handy spoons it would be a little more accurate and able to produce compelling things but i mean it's cool it's cool but i i don't see it for yeah maybe like you just mentioned like it feels like a toy and i think that's kind of where i feel like the whole industry right now with all this everything kind of feels like a tech demo or a toy it but, does. you know, people have to 
start, that's how start trying. Start, though, people right? have to get interested and people have to back it. Um, yeah. People have to get involved and start developing the, the whatever, the playing field. The, the mechanisms they have to, well, that's part of it, right? That's part of the creative process is yeah. trying things and seeing how it plays out and seeing where it does great and where it does poorly and refining it and having the next person come along and take those ideas and see a different direction and, and go from there. So this is part of it. But I, yeah, I think this is an interesting step as we've, as we've said, but, uh, I think, I think we can take it further. I hope we can take it further. Oh yeah. It's pretty neat. It is. Chris, yep. you might disallow this, but I'm going to throw it out there. This is not a crowdfunding bit of news, but it is crowdsourcing. If it's what I Ju- think you're going to mention, I'm into it. Judges allow? Okay. I'll allow it. So, this week, NASA announced that the first multi-planet system discovered entirely through ca- crowdsourcing was found. Through, quote, through the Exoplanet Explorers Project, citizen scientists have discovered a multi-planet system. The system, KT-138, is known to have at least five planets, and it's the first to be discovered entirely through crowdsourcing efforts. So... I know this is uh, kind of expanding the scope of the podcast a little bit with crowd sourcing instead of crowdfunding, but still the power of the everyman to either fund a project or to do something like this and, and find a new planetary system is pretty amazing uh, to think where we were, you know, even 10 years ago where this wouldn't have been possible, but... I just thought it was pretty doggone cool. That is cool. K2-138 sounds like a new Star Wars droid. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be a good one or a bad one? <laughs> it's got to be a it good kinda one. Sa- it's a good one? Okay. Yeah, I'll grant you that. It's like K2-SO's brother. Oh, but I yeah. guess that he would be a bad a bad robot, right? That's true. Did you ever do SETI at home? I did for a while. Yeah, me too. That's exactly I, I what I was thinking of when you first yeah, showed me this. Exactly. I bet everyone with a computer at one time or another did SETI at home, at least people in the tech field, because it was a similar type of thing, right? You could feel like you were helping out with a scientific pursuit with your spare computer cycles at night, and they had the uh, the screensaver that would run so you could kind of see what it was chewing on and and keep informed. This was, the for those unfamiliar with SETI at home, the SETI project, the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, they record a ton of data from these radio telescopes that uh, then they they don't have the processing power to chew through all of it, mm-hmm. searching for possible sentient sources or, or non-natural sources. And so they, they chunk it up into little con- easily consumable blocks, and people like us would run the clients that would download the latest block and perform some analysis of it and look for the signal from the aliens. And uh, I always thought that was really kind of cool. And I want, Oh, there's an interesting question. I wonder if SETI at home has taken a big hit with the rise of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Since <laughs> that's people what, want to, yeah, I, say, people I think everybody abandoned SETI to go start mining for Bitcoins. Exactly. Cause the idea yeah. you're right was that you have all these spare computing cycles with your computers, especially while you sleep, you know, let the SETI project dole you out a small, a small piece of radio, um, signal. Spectrum. Yeah, spectrum, yeah. and let your computer chew away looking for something that's uh, you know more than just background space noise. Yeah, 
But yeah, I think you're right. I think everybody was like, hmm, you know, there are Bitcoins <laughs> to be mined. Yeah. Maybe we'll I do that, especially now. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so anyways, the, uh, that, 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 that uh, multi-planetary system discovery, that's really neat. Are we truly alone, Chris? Ask Carl Sagan. Billions I bet he knows. Billions. So what so, else you got? I think the other thing I found was Sleep Man. Okay. What is this? Well, this is another thing that got pledged, like, what, three wow. or four times at school, $20,000 goal. They're at 70000 okay. Still 20 days to go. Okay. The Sleep Man Sleep Enhancer Energy Booster and Doze Off Alert. And as far as I could tell, I, I really put this in here because I wanted you to help me figure this out. <laughs> okay. I was like, Brian, please explain this to me. I am on it. Uh, I mean, I know there's a huge thing in like biometrics tracking. I even, I think we both have smart devices that we keep on our persons and at least track exercise, right? Some other stuff. There are a whole bunch right. of people that track sleep behavior. And I think that's pretty useful too. This sleep man is as far as I could tell, it it's a bracelet. It almost looks like one of those slap bracelets that has mm-hmm. on the underside something about the size of a digital watch, except for it points onto the inside of your wrist. I guess it has sensors there and can measure who knows what they're claiming in here. Probably <laughs> pulse and uh energy, good feelings. Chi. Chi, yeah. It's got it it's got it all. And this then there's is... also a little device that you put on your palm that's also connected to the wrist strap. I see that. Yeah. E-magnetically enhanced sleep. There you go, son. So that is supposed <laughs> hey, to give microcurrent Chris, impulses. You may not feel the impulses, but surely feel the difference. <laughs> Direct so, quote. So this is the part where I wanted to check your pulse <laughs> and see what, like, is this mm-hmm. just like... Those, I don't know, putting mm. magnets in your insoles or wearing uh-huh. copper wristbands or, I don't know, jogging with a penny under your tongue or... <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? I just assumed I... that was a thing. <laughs> it sounds... You're the running guy, delightful. you tell me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about running with a penny under your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just through the grapevine, big enhancements. <laughs> like like uh it lowers your per mile time by about 40 percent mm-hmm. yeah and your, your recovery lot. time is amazing too yeah you can you can essentially go forever yeah well i like the click on display kit this can, can i be honest with you yeah yeah lay it on me to me it smacks of bs yeah. i just don't buy it well, especially the the click on display have you? I mean, look at the mock-ups. It looks like a really high fidelity e-ink display yeah. or something like that. I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. I mean, the mock-ups look cool, and I think the idea of just capturing all that data is really neat. I still don't know what to do with all that data. Yeah, you know this. Uh, yeah, I just don't know. I don't buy it. Let's Did see. you pledge? Are you going to do it? Um, let me check. I mean, they've got a whole lot of of website logos up that apparently are big on it like bro space okay i just checked i did not pledge okay bro space is big on it bro space um yeah bro space is that one of their logos uh, china.com yeah 
Oh, is it biospace? It looks kind of... It, I think it's kerning. Biospace. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Bro space. It looks like bro space. Or I'm projecting. Mm. That's possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm projecting. I'm sorry, biospace. It looked a you little... a lot of logos. Like bro space. And Pinterest. When I was thinking about this. I like how they show somebody in a hospital bed with this thing, and it helps prevention and faster recovery from hospital sicknesses. That's pretty good. I feel like... This would be a risky investment. Why is there a picture down here of somebody petting a cat? I don't, I don't know. That's how such the an cat odd picture. <laughs> wow. All right. That's a good one. Well, that'll be in the Thank show you, notes. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's for all okay. the people. So are we ready to get to our favorite category? Let's or do it, man. at least the one that we're doing this week. So this was music. I, last time we talked, I had made a prediction. I wondered how many of our projects we would find of the category help me open my own recording studio. I had said there would be 11. You had said 10%, which ended up at the time being about 33 of them. Uh, Would you care to know the final number? Lay it on me because I did not count. I counted. Um, I'm a little disappointed. It was two. Two? Yeah. That's pretty surprising. I, Just that's two. not anywhere close to either of our predictions. I it was isn't. certainly way off. Yeah. Uh, we both busted. If this were... Price is um, right. Yeah, the price is right. We would go home empty-handed. Bummer. Yeah. I, I, there, I was hoping to find more. There were, however, way more projects that had to do with trying to press vinyl albums than I ever imagined. Mm, okay. That's a thing, though, right? The uh, audiophile circles loves them some vinyl. Is it really audiophiles? I don't know. Is it vinyl files? Yeah, maybe. It doesn't seem like people that actually like music want to listen to vinyl. <laughs> or, or should listen to vinyl. <laughs> okay. That's contentious. It is. Yeah, you opened up a thing there. Uh-huh. We're going to get hate mail finally. Bring it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It used to be that audiophiles were the, uh-huh. were the big vinyl people, even over all digital formats, because analog is king. Yeah, you want a lot of skips and hiss in your music. That's what you want. No, you want to be closer to your music, and analog is it. If that was the deal, though, why wouldn't they be touting wax cylinder? Because they're too fragile? Oh. Do you, <laughs> you've seen that video on YouTube, No. Right? <laughs> oh, I'm going to find it and put it in the show notes. Is it about wax the cylinders? Where the, yeah. What? It's a guy holding the original copy of this one singular recording, the only version that they have. It's one of those people, and he's so nervous, he crunches no. it, and it just falls apart And on live TV. You don't... You've never I've never seen, seen that. that. It's the most cringe-inducing thing you'll ever see. I've heard... And I really hope this is true, that it was put on, that it was not what it was described to be, but otherwise, uh, it's it's horrid. And I'm going to link it to you because I want you to feel the kind of, the crushing disappointment that it evoked in in me when I saw it. Oh, man. Okay. So, yeah. No I'll, wax cylinders. I'll check that out. All right. So, you had a question. Yeah, I'm going to lead with a question. I like this question. this question. Such a good question. You. Yeah. I'm just going to ask Brian, since we are mm-hmm. in the category that we are in this week, 
Mm-hmm. What is your relationship with music? Uh, uh, music's been huge to me. I And I know from what I know of you that it's been huge to you. Uh, it's funny, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. I've led quite a path through my musical likes and influences. And I think I, I'm pretty sure, I, yeah, I've admitted this to you in the past, but the one song that I recall kickstarting all of my enjoyment was Elvira. (laughs) (laughs) I played Elvira on repeat for so long when I was, I don't know how old I was, but somehow I got on on a country music Elvira kick and just thought that song was the most entertaining, glorious piece of of music ever written. I can remember. And that lasted for several months where I would come home and I would put, I think I had the single, the, the 45, and I put the, the 45 on repeat. Giddy up. I loved it whenever they go deep, you know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That song was so hot. I can remember that just playing on boom boxes next to the the pool during the summers. Mm hmm. Oh, but uh, yeah, so I listened to that, but uh, that didn't last too long. Uh, In middle school, it was. The Police. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love The Police. Mm. And uh, I got introduced to Rush about that time and still love them. Uh, heading into high school, it turned a little heavier. Oh, ACDC was big. I loved ACDC in, in middle school, and that lasted all through uh, high school. I hit the, the metal phase and went, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, getting my license and having three of my friends in the car driving out to the beach, blasting Poison's Talk Dirty to Me album. Oh, yeah. Did a whole lot of hair metal. Um, Got into Metallica. Got into all kinds of stuff. Started playing guitar when I was 14. My parents bought me a guitar and and, uh, played for... I still play. Uh, I just got a new amplifier over Christmas break, actually. My first amplifier in two decades because I found another, found a, a rekindled joy in playing guitar. So music's been definitely a part of my life. How about you? That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like music's always been kind of a significant part of my life, um, too. I was thinking back to grade school. You know, music was always the class that I really looked forward to. Mm. And I remember back then just begging my parents to buy a recorder for me that was <laughs> like the thing and it was oh yeah i mean just begging and begging like i had to have that recorder and i finally got one um probably not my favorite instrument now but <laughs> and then you know it was grade school in, in middle school and much to the amazement of my parents mm. i elected to um to take band as, as my elective. Oh yeah. And like, it was surprising to them, I think, because neither of my parents are musically inclined. And, um, yeah, mine as neither, much as, to be honest. Yeah. yeah so it, like as much as I loved and love music, it just wasn't a part of my home life. And I didn't grow up in like some sort of 
footloose town where music and dancing <laughs> was outlawed. It's just that music wasn't played in my household. I think my dad owned two albums. It was Dolly Parton and Oh man. Um, yeah. That's similar Blood, to my Sweat parents. And Tears. Right? Yeah. And then just in the house, like we'd play that on the cassette tape when we were driving around in our uh little Ford whatever it was escort. But you know, it just wasn't a part of in the house. Yeah. And then in the 80s, I was a child just totally raised on MTV. So mm. the police were a big part of mm-hmm. my life. Michael Jackson's Thriller album. <laughs> just, I mean, huge, huge. Um, all that 80s pop. At some point, like everyone I think in high school, I discovered Led Zeppelin. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and, I forgot about them. That was high yeah, school for me, too. Right. I mean, I think everyone kind of, well, it's everyone. But there's definitely this phase, it seems like, where it's like, oh, Led Zeppelin. And, um, like God. I mean, I was a big, big band nerd and I, I played trombone. I was even considering performance trombone as a career choice coming out of high school. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But then I'd kind of been burnt out on marching band and the whole band thing through mm-hmm. high school. So I just, I didn't play except for a semester in college. And then I was a radio station DJ in college. Oh yeah. And so kind of got heavy on that kind of indie um college scene i mean i'm definitely you're into the the 90s music at pixies big time (laughs) um grunge rock uh ska music Mm. so I don't know. I feel like I've run the whole gamut too. Yeah. And I had a, a a brass instructor that at some point in high school really pressed on us as um, like something that you should take with you is try to to gain an appreciation for all music. Mm. You know, don't don't narrowly pigeonhole oh, yourself yeah. into yeah. just the things you like. But he would say, of course, he, he was a brass instructor and drove all over the state doing workshops and that kind of thing. He was a professor um, at the University of South Carolina. And um, just I just think about some of the lessons that I took from him and still carry with me today. And he would say, you know, when I drive, I'll just put the station, you know, the, I'll tune the dial on the radio to a station and just sit with it. So whether that's classical or country or R and B or pop, right. Mm -hmm. And just listen to it because other people are enjoying that. Try to find things in that music that are different that you could incorporate into your own music that try and find out what it is about that music that reaches people. And, um, I still do that to, to the, you know, to today, I try to have a healthy diet of a lot of different um, different kind of genres. I don't do that radio thing, but it reminds me of... You remember the video I showed you of the guys, the two hip-hop guys listening to yeah. Megadeth for the first time and going through the... What was it? Holy Wars the Punishment Do or something like that? They They were listening to it and talking about their reactions to it and trying to find... And they were blown away. They were... They couldn't... They couldn't fathom the musicality. You know, they were like, oh, man, that's heavy. And ah, listen to the riffs. And they were, it was really refreshing to hear a fresh take on something like that from people that were just 
trying to find what was cool about a style of music that they're not used to. And yeah. transition and man uh, how fast do you have to, do your fingers have to be it born? reminds me very much of that the other thing i find interesting about music is uh and i'm gonna assume that you probably have a similar thing but it's it it, it forms the foundation for so many key memories like you mentioned uh-huh. led zeppelin and as soon as you said that i flashed to my senior or just after i graduated high school my buddy and I went and stayed in his um, father's country house near D.C., and he lent us his Porsche. It was a 911 Targa. Yeah, he had money. Um, nice. Yeah. He, he let us borrow his country house. He let us borrow his Porsche. We drove into downtown D.C. around all the monuments late at night, blasting cashmere in this red Porsche Targa and just just I, I can still hear it and see all of the it was a beautiful night it was it, uh, you know just uh, seeing the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Memorial and all of that with cashmere blasting it's just it it's such a solid memory to me in large part because we blasted cashmere to it you know and there's yeah. other things that are like that. The first time I heard Back in Black with my parents, <laughs> I've shared that story with you where I uh-huh. begged them to get me the Back in Black tape and we put it in the car and blast it. And my, my mom turns and looks at my dad and says, Great, now he's listening to Acid Metal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh yes! But uh, it's interesting yeah. to me how music cements so many memories and makes it more memorable and real. Yeah, even, that sense memory even is just so strong. Yeah. So I just, yeah, music's cool. Yeah, man. Music's like cool and stuff. I like <laughs> it. I like to listen to it and put it on. I mean, I can still remember having my, my Sony Walkman. Mm-hmm. And having Whitney Houston cassette tape in there, just <laughs> yes. walking around with that, thinking like I was cast me out, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I think mm. that was in there. What it, yeah. That was, mm. <laughs> but yeah, this whole just trip into Kickstarter's music category, I think, was uh, just a nostalgic one for me for all those same same reasons you were talking about. Yeah. Like clicking on different campaigns and hearing bits of the music and thinking about the genres and then thinking about like, oh, man. And we'll, we'll kind of get to that, I think, when we talk about yeah. I had a mentionable pick and then the one that I did back. Yeah. Um, and both of those campaigns like I just said, we're really nostalgic in different ways for me. Yeah. 
Well, shall we get to them? Yeah, let's get to it. And I think you have significantly more than I do, so why don't you lead off? Yeah, I have a whole lot. I'm going to do two at a time just to get through them kind of quickly. Um, The first one, it's funny because all of of my mentionables are pretty much metal ones, and uh, that's okay. Uh, The two that I'm going to mention at first are Lebowski, uh, the second album fundraiser, and Night Sword. Night Sword. Uh, so I wanted to mention them. Lebowski, I I thought they were interesting, but it was mostly their campaign video. Did you get a chance to watch the campaign video? I did, Brian. <laughs> it looks like they are really accomplished, really good at strapping GoPros onto things. <laughs> and doing crazy stuff. It looked <laughs> like the kind of... Uh, parties I used to do in high school. I mean, just kind of insane, just crazy crap all over the place. So go go take a look whenever you see it. Night Sword, I chose. These, these guys strike me as just some guys that are just trying to rock and are trying to embrace this new crowdfunding reality that they find themselves in. They don't have a might not have a, a a label, and in this day and age, maybe you don't need one, and so they're just trying to make some cool music. But I love their campaign video. It's just four guys that look zero comfortable in front of a, a camera <laughs> pitching their music, and uh, I they have this is their second album, and I actually listened to the first album all the way through, and it's it's good, straightforward. Regular metal, not death metal, not, uh, I, I would say, you know, maybe heavy to black, somewhere around there. Uh, and I'm not really good with genres, so if anybody wants to correct me, that's fine. But uh, I just like their their pitches, just like, well, this is what we do. We hope you like what we do. Help us do what we do. We would just want to rock and bring it to you. <laughs> I want to say what's up to everyone out there. Band Nice Sword here. <laughs> Working on a new album. I want to say thanks for all the support we've gotten over the years. Really appreciate that. I want to get this new album to you. I want to get it out to you. I want to come perform in your town. I want to play it for you. The, the thumbnail for our campaign video looks like a role playing game. <laughs> yeah, that guy's scary, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Beals above, but I don't know. So. Those were the those were the first two I wanted to mention. What'd you find that you wanted those to mention? Those are good. Well, the one I came across was the Holophonics, um, and the title of the project is the Holophonics Record a New Album. So this is their third album of original ska punk music, mm. and they they have a really modest one thousand dollar goal. Yeah. Currently are eight hundred eight hundred and eighty dollars and twenty two backers with almost a month to go, twenty seven days. Oh, so wow. I think they're going to have success here. And, you know, there wasn't a lot in the campaign description about, I guess, the other albums or other recordings they have. They mentioned that they have done some, that they've been in Denton, Texas for five and a half years, Yep. that this is their 16th album. Wow. I really wish they would have put some other stuff in there to help easily yeah. find their work, right? right. Because, um, 
you know, I had to do sleuthing on my own to try and find them on other other platforms. And I did. I found them on Bandcamp and on YouTube and on Facebook and really enjoyed their stuff. I mean, they sound like a really competent ska band. And when I was in college in the 90s, I got into ska. Mm. So I think the biggest reason that ska resonated with me was that it prominently features brass instruments. Hmm. Okay. As I mentioned, I was a trombone player. Yeah. And I see a trombone in this campaign video. Yeah. Another thing that ska music has is um, this really strong backbeat or offbeat, like syncopated uh, rhythms to it, which we both mentioned that we like the police. Right. So I really love the police too. And if you really think about it, the police is kind of a, a reggae band more oh, than yeah. anything else. Oh, right? yeah. You think, oh, they're a rock band. Yeah, but they've had these great reggae backbeats. Definitely. And ska is this wonderful mashup or mix up of these reggae backbeats and influences from from punk and American R and B too to create this really great sound. At least it was so new and fresh to mm-hmm. me at the time. Mm-hmm. And the most mainstream band that uh, might classify as ska is probably the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Ah. Or if you even reach back in the 70s, I was thinking like the specials, maybe even Sublime more recently. Um, the, Just don't say 311. Yeah. I was going to say the biggest band I loved was Less Than Jake. And okay. probably a little more off the, the beat path, but that's all beside the point. So I just, they grabbed my attention with the genre, and then I listened yeah. to some of their music, and it was really great. They have a lot of covers as well. Waking up to us and dust, to wet my brow and the sweat my rice, drinking in the chemicals. Albums, video game covers. So they, they do this great ska version of Legend of Zelda, which I listened to a few times today, and as a matter of fact. Interesting. So, anyways, cool band. Um, wish them, I think they're going to have, you know, success with this campaign, and obviously they've been around, and uh, recorded a lot of albums, so fun band. I encourage people to check out the Holophonics. Yeah, I now that you've talked about it, I kind of want to hear some ska. I, I admit it; <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that trombone thing. Like, if you're not playing trombone with a band mm. or a group or you know, orchestra, or whatever, trombone's a pretty lowly, lonely solo instrument. Okay. And it's certainly not a campfire instrument. <laughs> yeah. You know, just say, you know, gather around, let's sing along with the trombone. Yeah. So when I was sort of not playing with a group anymore, and then I was being exposed to all these ska bands, I was like, man, I could be a rock star. You know, like yeah. I could play in a group because I hadn't learned to play guitar at that point in my life. And yeah. the idea that like, man, I could be in a band. I could play trombone. Too, That's cool. Was was really great. Yeah. Maybe we should happen. start a ska band. <laughs> Do they have guitars too? Well, I haven't played trombone in 20-something years at this point. So. Yeah, but it's like riding a bike. <sighs> I think just my embouchure would differ. Got to get your lips yeah. puckered. <laughs> <laughs> so the the final two bands that I'll mention before we get to our backed picks, uh, 
and I don't know whether this was just coincidence or, or what, but I found two Mexican metal bands. Yeah, you that did. I really dug. <laughs> it was something else. I looked, I, I click into these and the, the initial campaign pitch on the front page, like the, the thumbnails were in Spanish, but it didn't bug me. I clicked in and I, I had Google translate it for me and I read it and the first one is called Reckoning. And I'll be darned if they don't look like a group of high school kids. Uh, I think they're a little older than that. Maybe their their videos were from before because the actual campaign video, they look eh, they look like adults, you know, like like early twenties adults. But their earlier videos it literally looks like a high school band, but they're they have chops. It's yeah. more of a a traditional heavy metal band, not not any of the newer you know, grungy styles or anything like that. It's it's very straightforward types of metal. Uh, but they have chops, and they look like they're just having a blast throughout their gigs, and it looks like the audience is really enjoying it. I love their energy. I just thought it was really cute. And it's very tempting to actually back them because you can literally get in for five bucks uh, and, and get a copy of the music. So it it might be worth it to just do it to say, hey, guys, you, you pretty much rock. Uh, the second one, another Mexican metal band uh, called Fractal Dimension. These guys, more polished, I think, and more produced. They, they have a, an official video that looks like something that would have shown up on Headbangers Ball. <laughs> uh, in a, in a, what would you say? Did you see it? The, um, a graffitied underside of a bridge maybe, and, uh, pretty good production values and, and they've got chops too. This is more like melodic death metal to me, uh, but they sounded really good. It's more of that low, low grindy kind of, you know, drop a style thing where you go, you know, and the, the singer is doing the the death metal grunts and stuff like that. But it's, it's, if you like that, if you like that kind of music, you would like fractal dimension because they sound really good for what they do and it's produced well. Um, so I, I thought they were pretty impressive. Another young band, but, uh, I just, I just like it for some reason. I, I think it's cool. I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but like, uh, metal is huge in South and Central America. I mean, yeah. way bigger than here. And, uh, you don't have to look any further than Iron Maiden concerts in South and Central America. Those people lose their minds for some metal. Really? And so I guess it shouldn't be surprising that there's a lot of metal coming out of, south and central america and uh i i just i love the energy and enthusiasm and the, their their campaign video was another one of those cute ones where it's the there's one guy that you can tell is a little more comfortable talking and then the rest of them are they have their written down pitches and they they're delivering them and it looks like they're being held at gunpoint <laughs> while they're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just put me back behind the drums or something dude let me rock but don't make me talk to a video camera so, That's so good yeah yeah 
I don't I, know anything about metal really, especially like when you start talk, talking about the subgenres. But mm. I did look at both of those campaigns, mm-hmm. and I, I they're as far as I can tell, they're really good at playing dueling guitars and thirds. Oh yes. And what I know is that's a fundamental requirement of playing. Yeah, metal. you got to do that. So and you got to solo in D minor, right? Right. <laughs> but so that's cool. Yeah. You got to have chops to play metal. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. It's it requires some some technical ability. It really does because usually it's fast, which might sound like oh, that's no big deal, but fast, accurate picking and and fretting is is not easy. And that and that goes for guitarists and bassists and then drummers. That usually yeah. it's the faster drummers, and that's not uh, that's not trivial. So yeah, for me, if there's an appreciation there, then it's just seeing. Like I mean, I was kind of joking about the dueling guitar- guitarists, mm. but so often you do have these guitarists playing usually in thirds, and then maybe a fifth on top of that if you have three, mm-hmm. right? But to play that fast and oh, everybody yeah. playing basically the same line, but in this three part harmony, oftentimes. Yep. Everyone's timing has to be so tight. Yep. And that's just super impressive. It's funny as a guitarist uh, that can't do that. I'm not that good, but I can appreciate it being good. I find the bassists that keep up with it even more impressive because the fingerings and trying to, you know, and most of them are, are finger style bassists. You know, they're not yeah. pluck, they're not pickers. And being able to, to with, with the, the fingers and keep up with the the left hand lines with the guitarist to me that's pretty impressive so it's bonkers yeah. i'm going to turn you into a metalhead yet chris <laughs> i'm on the way so we ready to get to our back picks let's do it come on you, swing it you want to go first you want me to go first uh yeah i'll do it cuz you just did the last one right? do it all right i picked uh for my backed pick this week a project called makerspace Donald W.G. Lindsay and Friends album. That's the the title they went with. And this is a project that was put forward by a piper and pipe maker or inventor. Uh, His name is Donald W.G. Lindsay. And in this campaign, he's pulling together a collection of, as far as I could tell, was highly regarded peers uh, or traditional musicians, singers, Mm -hmm. other pipers to record an album of traditional music using this newly designed system of Scottish small pipes, which is called the Lindsay system. And um, so kind of describing this, this system of pipes that he's created, it's version 2.0. And this grew out of his previous campaign for his dreaming pipes back in 2014. So he's had, several years now of experience tuning this system. And the cool thing is that I found is he's developed this entire piping system with his own home desktop 3d printer. Hmm. Yeah, so, that's, <laughs> I'm a, I'll still say this too. I don't know really anything about Scottish bagpipes. I guess, are there other bagpipes? But, but certainly pipe. like Scottish small pipes. So I yeah. had to do a little bit of Wikipedia. And so one of the things that he said in his uh, campaign was that this system of small pipes that he's developed has a musical range over two octaves. And if you look at the traditional small pipes, they only have nine notes. So this system oh, wow. has 
a little bit over twice that traditional range. And he says that puts this closer to like late 18th, 19th century Northumbrian pipes. Admittedly, I have no idea what that is. And I mined all that off the Wikipedia page uh-huh. for Scottish small pipes. Um, so, you know, but be that as may, I think he's made an innovation. I think that the, the idea was that you couldn't get that much uh, range out sure. of this kind of small system of pipes. And he's managed to do it. So he's got this group of musicians and they're going to showcase these small pipes. The biggest get to me, like if you could say there was a big get um, here, I don't really know all these names, but was the first one that he mentioned, Lauren McDougall, mm-hmm. who is a piper that's performed for television and film. And yeah, these I are see that. properties that you've, you've heard of, like yeah. Brave, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Doctor Who, and some others. So that's pretty cool. Like really accomplished musicians, they're going to come and play these pipes. Um, yeah, and if you scroll down... All the musicians that he's got are, are notable to a great extent in their own right. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, this feels like a very mature campaign. You know, they they know what they're doing. They know what they want to create. They're bringing together uh, a pretty amazing ensemble to do it. And I don't know if you got all the way down to the risks and challenges, but it even sounds like they know how to run a studio, you know, they're, they're not screwing around. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, go to bars and hotels and waste all the money. They they want to get in there and record some music and do it creatively and with talent and efficiently. So yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And Donald Lindsay has a couple of websites, his own personal website, and then Linda instruments where he's done all this sort of prototyping and development with musical instruments using his 3d printer and I even saw he has a, I was digging around on Thingiverse just looking and saw that he has this whistle, which yeah. is like the top part of a penny whistle. And I even figured that, you know, I think I'm going to try printing one and see if I can make a functional penny whistle. Yeah, um, okay. Because, I mean, how, how can you, like, not hear a penny whistle and immediately think of the credits at the Fellowship of the Ring at the very beginning when they're going into the Shire? <laughs> so, I think I'm yeah. going to try and make one of those. I've... Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Do it. So that looks great. And you know, like the nostalgic piece for me, this me with this too was, um, when I was in college, I guess both of these projects that I kind of liked were hearkening back to like memories, sense memories from college days. Mm. Um, I played with a group of friends, uh, this Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Mm-hmm. And I played this bard whose music instrument was the bagpipes. So when we would get together and play, like I always had some bagpipe music to play. Like I must have worn <laughs> out the soundtrack to Braveheart. So I just, I love these like traditional sounds of right. Scottish music, these traditional instruments. Like I mentioned the penny oh, yeah. whistle and bagpipes. And um, I love the musical tradition in Ireland too. Well, you know, they'll just, play anything that washes up on shore um (laughs) so yeah so i'm really hoping for a really great album to come out of this and i'm just i'm really excited i'm so i supported it at the uh level where you get the digital download album nice um yeah and like i said i want to i want to print that quizzle too do it 
we've got the noisy printer at work. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, it's locked away in a closet now, isn't it? No, it's in a room, but that's well, okay. You can close it's the door. Far, it's farther from us. Let's yeah. put it that way. It'll bug someone else, not sound, me. Yeah. I don't have to listen to the sound of a dental drill. No. <laughs> well, cool. Good find, dude. Yeah, man. So I'll give you a little sonic taste whenever that album drops. All right. So. Yeah, man. Tell me about yours because, you know, the four that you mentioned in your mentionable uh-huh. picks. Yeah. Or right in the pocket for you. Okay. What about the what? What about my back pick? I never would have <laughs> it, in a million years. You can't pigeonhole me, Chris. Yeah, just guess that from the three hundred music you offerings. Can't tie me that down. This is what you'd roll with. I just this did not peg you with. this way. Yeah. So tell the good people. I've got depths. <laughs> so what I chose is. Najara, the Epicorus. Uh, the Epicorus is the name of the group. Najara is the second album that they have put together. Uh, this is, quote, a multi-textured gathering of Indo-Arabic Brooklyn sounds. Uh, Priya Darshini fronts a small world orchestra. They seem like great people, very much in love with life, and just poetic and what did it for me was they. this is their second album. That means their first album is out there, and it is available on Spotify, and I've had it in my playlist now for the last couple of days, and I've listened through it a few times. And it might sound strange, but I'm, I love world music. I find it relaxing and calming and a good music to work to. I love the other types of scales that are used often in mm. Indo and Arabic music. The, the not quite finely, what is it? The finely tempered, I forget what it's called, but they use, you know, quarter tones and half mm-hmm. tones quite often that you don't often hear in Western music. And I, I, I find that it resonates with me. So I listened to their first album and I, I was like, you know what? I think they're talented and they've, gathered some really great musicians uh, that play the the oud, the violin, the accordion, upright bass, dulcimer, and they have this uh, the singer, uh, Priya Darshini, that her voice is really beautiful. So I I back them. I think that it's it's really just obvious that these are poets. Yeah. Right? That have found resonance with the writings of Najara. Mm-hmm. Right, the the poet, and have decided to make this album based on that influence. The these are the the images, you know, exactly. Yes, of one poet's work that are resonating with another poet, yep. and in and that, they're pro- yeah, I produce just, something based on it and inspired by it and take it to a different place. Yep. Yeah. And in that, you know, you. like kind of seeing it through that lens, it did grab me too. I think it's uh, going to be a really cool project. Yeah. Uh, I also find it compelling and I, I think they'll produce something that's really beautiful at the end of the day. So and I might still go back some Mexican metal too, just to stay me. Just to put some money in the tip jar. Uh-huh. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Now I'm on the Wikipedia page for Najara. I'm, oh yeah. I think I'm... I'm in there too, man. You're just looking for looking for naked lovers intertwined. That's what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, guys, that's music. Awesome. Yeah. 
It was, a, it was an interesting category. It brought, like you said, I think it was interesting, not necessarily maybe for the campaigns, but for the for the types of memories that it brought up and associations and and allowed us to uh, explore some some reminiscences maybe. So it was good in that way. Yeah, more than any other category so far, I think it really had, I don't know, a lot of personal just... Connection. Yeah, just mm-hmm. surfacing of memories and, mm-hmm. and, and those connections, as you just mentioned. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect either. No, I didn't either. Only knock is like Kickstarter isn't really... I, th- I think just as a technical platform is not okay. as well set up for all of the music campaigns as oh. otherwise could be. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they could, they could improve things greatly with, you know, some band camp style yeah. integrations or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I mean, imagine being able to, yeah, have something more like a band camp platform, but being able to mm-hmm. fund it too. SoundCloud. Yeah. So, yeah. So that so in that regards, it was just like difficult to try and mine through all the things. But man, when you really did get in there, some of the campaigns were so cool. Yeah. So next week, we will come back to you with photography. Sweet. Yeah. And we're 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 getting down there, Chris. Yeah, man. We're we're. There's not a whole lot left. Over halfway through. Yeah. How many more do we have? Three. Three. That is after really... after photography. It's my so dad's... we've got four more episodes. That's my dad would say we're in the short rows. Yes, we are. It it might be interesting getting through the final four. There there's going to be some challenges. I'm really worried about how we're going to end up. I know. Two out of these. You know how we're going to end up, Chris? Strong. Strong and proud. You darn right. I think two of these last four are going to have some challenges. Yep. But by God, we're the backers. You got that right. Yeah. Well, that's all of our time for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we'll be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's photography category. Backers is produced by Brian Dupuis and Chris Rumpf. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at @backerspodcast or individually at coldforged and at rumpy. Join us again next time, and until then, back responsibly. Back responsibly.